I often think of the words that the disciples came to Jesus and asked Him, Lord, teach us to pray. And they have been followers of Jesus for a while, and there's an assumption that they already were praying. But they saw something in Jesus, and they saw a life of prayer in Jesus. There was something that Jesus had in his prayer life that they weren't getting and they weren't experiencing. Lord, teach us to pray. And one of the one of the passages says, as John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. Teach us to pray. Why does anybody need to be taught to pray? Well, Jesus, in the three and a half years of his ministry, took his disciples to school, and one of the things he taught them was he taught them to pray. A lot of some of his teaching and some of his parables were about prayer. And so, again, this morning we will again uh, look at what Jesus taught his disciples, and when Jesus was asked that. He says, well, pray like this. And the first thing he does is he addresses the Father. God comes first, even in prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom will come. Your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Giving glory to God, having fellowship with God was the very first thing. He taught them in this prayer, in in the Lord's Prayer. The focus, first of all, is between us and and the Father. And then after that comes the part about our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. And the attention turns to us. As we forgive those who sin against us, then attention goes to those around us. And it goes on, so you see that he's teaching, he begins to take them through the school of prayer. And then he tells them a parable about being bold in prayer, coming boldly, like a man who has somebody come in the middle of the night a visitor comes in the middle of the night, he doesn't have anything to set before him, so he goes to his neighbor's house and says, his friend's house, he says, can you give me some bread, to, lend me some bread to give to these, these people that have come to visit me? And Jesus said, he wasn't going to give it to him because he's his friend, but because of his boldness. Give him as much as he needs. Boldness in prayer. And he says, so I say to you, Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. And knock, and the door shall be opened to you. Jesus teaches us to not be timid or retiring in prayer, but to be bold in prayer. And he says that those who Continue to ask. If you look in the King James Version, he who asketh, that means present continuous, that's from the Greek, 
It's talking about continuing to ask or receive, continuing to seek will find, continuing to knock, and the door will be open. The Bible tells us that we have a need of patience, that after we do the will of God, we'll receive the promises of God. Patience, continuing to knock, continuing to ask, continuing to seek. It is a, a process of faith and prayer in the Christian life. And Jesus goes on to say, you know how to give good things to your children when they ask you for food, when they ask you for clothes, when they ask you for things. You know how to give good things to your children. How much more will the Father in Heaven give good things to those who ask Him, to His children who ask Him? Our viewpoint of God is not natural. Because in our natural state, we know we don't deserve anything from God. If we look at our own natural state and we humble ourselves. So from that, we're going to go to uh, Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. <laughs> Sowing and reaping is in several of the parables of Jesus. We'll look at one of them in, the minute, in a minute. But I want you to try to meditate on this for a few minutes concerning what we've already been talking about. About sowing to the flesh or sowing to the spirit. Because it says that if we sow to the flesh, we'll reap corruption. But if we sow to the Spirit, we'll reap spiritual things and eternal life. Let us not grow weary, therefore, in doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we don't give up, if we don't lose heart. One of the things that we see here is that in... Sowing spiritual things, we reap spiritual things. Now, some may mock this. I have heard people in the world mock this. People, unfortunately, in Christendom, who profess to be Christians, who have mocked or spoke words of doubts about the Word of God here. I see people living in sin, and they're not going to happen to them. I see people in the church doing that, and there's nothing happening to them doing bad things and nothing happening. So, you know, that means it's okay for everybody to do that, right? Is there nothing wrong going to happen to them? But 
the worst enemy of those who continue in the flesh is time. Because in time, in due season, comes harvest. That is one of the basic principles of the parables of Jesus. Is that there is a time of sowing, there is a time of nurturing, there is a season of growing, and then there's a time of reaping. And so we'll see that in the parable we'll read in the minute from the Gospel of Mark. But he says, let's not grow weary in our prayers. Let's not grow weary in faith, because if we wait until harvest, if we continue to be spiritual until harvest, we'll reap. There's an, there's an end. God means there to be an answer to prayer for His children. He intends for that. But unfortunately, we don't always believe that. It's hidden from our eyes. The enemy tries to distract that from our eyes. Let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season. We shall reap if we don't give up. Prayerlessness is a way of giving up. And prayerlessness is something that each one of us has to fight against. A perilous spirit. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. If we continue in the faith, continue to seek God, continue to believe Him for the things we are praying for, in due season, in His time, we will reap. There's, when we pray, there's a time for sowing and nurturing. The plant, sowing means to plant. You plant the seeds, the plants go, you nurture it, and then finally, at long last, there's harvest time. And so we'll read that parable now from Mark chapter 4. Verse 26. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how, for the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Man plants, another waters, God makes it grow. When we pray, we are planting seeds of faith. This is a principle of the kingdom of God. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like this. And this is one of the principles of the kingdom of God is in prayer. Jesus talked about the prayer 
in the faith of mustard seed. The faith of a, must, of a mustard seed, as small as a mustard seed. That's the next parable after this one. He says it planted in the ground, all of a sudden it's very small, and then it grows up and becomes a big shrub or bush or tree, whatever it is. But it doesn't start out that way. It starts out as a mustard seed, and it begins to grow. Jesus said a kingdom of God is like that. Principles of the kingdom of God in Jesus' parables. And so when we pray and we exercise faith, we don't receive a harvest right away. We don't, many times, we don't see our prayers right away, answered right away. So it's going to take nurturing. Farmer has to weed the garden. He has to water it when it's dry. He has to do different kinds of things to nurture it, to cultivate it, fertilize it. And then, after all that hard work is done, at the end of the cycle of sowing and working and everything else is the harvest, the reaping. The reaping of the fruits of our labor. And the same way for our labor in prayer. That there is an end to it. God means for there to be an answer for us. An answer to our prayers. An answer to our exercising of our faith. But we read in Hebrews that we must believe we will be rewarded for diligently seeking Him in order to please God. God, we say, well, I'm waiting on God. What's taking Him so long? Many times He's waiting for us. He's waiting for us to to exercise faith and to continue in that exercise of faith until in due season. The due season is of God's choosing. Harvest time is of God's choosing. Just like Jesus said about the harvest time of Jesus' return. He says, the time of His return is in God's keeping. He says, nobody knows it Not the angels, not the Son, but the Father only. It's in the Father's keeping, harvest time. But until then, we must continue to exercise faith. We don't know how it's growing. We don't always see the answers to our prayer right away. We don't see anything happening. And that's where a lot of people give up. Because the natural mind. I don't see anything happening, therefore God's not answering my prayers. Things seem to be getting worse, God's not hearing me. That is an exercise of the flesh. It is hard to understand the things of the Spirit when we're carnally minded. The carnal mind does not understand the things of God, says in Romans chapter 8. It is hard to understand the things of God. Matter of fact, impossible is the word that the Bible uses. To understand the things of God, except by the Spirit of God. So that means, in order for this all to make sense to us, we have to be walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, be spiritually minded. 
if our life is in full of flesh, and then we're going to try to pray in the Spirit, as Paul said. It's hard to pray in the Spirit when we're entangled in the flesh. It really is. And we don't understand it. In the Bible, as we read in Galatians 6, it says, in due season we will reap if we don't give up. And many give up because they're not seeing anything happening. Their perception is only in the natural, of the senses. Does see anything happening? Do you hear any good news? Senses don't sense anything. But what about that other sense? The spiritual sense. The sense of the spirit, the sixth sense. Spiritually minded, life in the spirit, walking in the spirit. That is where we understand what Jesus is talking about. And what the apostles are teaching. His life in the spirit. And we won't give up because we understand that God will reward us. Jesus said, if we pray to, Je- to the Father in secret, He will reward us openly. He's going to reward us for our faith. And what a grand deception it is when we forget that. And we give up on that. And we don't believe that anymore. We're missing it. We're missing it all. We're missing the boat. We're missing it. That's part of what the enemy of our soul is trying to do. Is to hide it from our eyes. To lull us to sleep. That That the children of God would not rise up and stand in faith on the rock. And to weather the storms without panicking, without being discouraged and depressed, without being anxious, without giving up. Surely, as there's a time of harvest when you plant a garden, there is a time of harvest when we sow the seeds of faith. If you have faith as small as a seed as a grain of mustard seed, Jesus said, you'll be able to do great things through faith and prayer. There are many Christians who are seeking great miracles and seeking dynamic power to impress. And it's not that I don't believe in those spiritual gifts, but the foundation of our faith must be to believe God's love for us in a way that He wants to help us. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. The persistence in asking and seeking in the life in the spirit. That's where the trouble comes. There's too many entanglements 
There's too many booby traps in the world that we get caught up in that defer us away from life in the Spirit. Life in the Spirit leads to prayer in the Spirit. Matthew chapter 17. Matthew seventeen fourteen, and when they had come down, when they had come to him, I'm sorry, and when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into water. So I brought him to your disciples, and they could not, deli- they could not cure him. And then Jesus answered and said, "O faithless or unbelieving, and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me." And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. So this child had a demon in him and it was causing all these symptoms. And the disciples of Jesus tried to cast him out and they couldn't. And Jesus heard that and the first thing he says, Oh, faithless or unbelieving generation. How long will I be? Because you can hear his disapproval, even of his own disciples in this situation. And so, of course, Jesus cast the demon out immediately. And then, well, the disciples had cast out demons before, so they come to him and say, privately they came to him and said, verse 19, the disciples came privately to Jesus and said, why couldn't we cast it out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. The question is asked, as we talked about earlier, what is the cause of a of prayerlessness? And of course it's a lack of faith. Because if we would our eyes would be open to believe that God is going to answer our every prayer, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. If we believe all this, It would be great motivation to pray. But it's a lack of faith. And so here, Jesus rebukes his disciples for their lack of faith. 
You say, well, what happened? And Jesus says, you're in unbelief. That's why. Why you can't cast this demon out? And he talks about unbelief. And he talks about faith like a mustard seed. Small and it grows. Mustard seed is small. It's about this big. I planted mustard. It's about this big. It looks like a poppy seed. It's very small. Well, the mustard plant becomes very big. It can become big. It makes flowers and seed and everything. It's just... But it starts out small and it grows. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Our faith... We have to culture in it and feed our faith and starve our doubts. We have to grow our faith. So how? Put it to work. And Jesus says doesn't come out except by prayer and fasting. This demon and the unbelief that comes with it. Jesus said they couldn't cast it out because of unbelief. Prayer and fasting. We talk about this. Jesus said His disciples will fast. His disciples were going to fast. What is the purpose of fasting? It is a form of self-denial. It is part of life in the Spirit. Jesus did it. It is part of the life in Christ that is self-denial. It's much bigger than that, but that's where it starts. To deal with unbelief. To deal with our human nature that wants to be strong in us and to over, be overtake, overtake us. The flesh wants to overtake us. The flesh wants its own will. The Apostle Paul said, I discipline my body. Or the King James Version says, I beat my body into subjection and I make it my servant. I don't serve my flesh. I make my flesh serve me. Life in the Spirit. No self-denial. Little faith. It is because, one version says, the littleness of your faith. We have to deal with our unbelief. We have to recognize unbelief and either sit on our hands and wring our hands and say, well, 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 and all this stuff has happened. We can do something about it. The Lord is telling us here, there's something you can do about this. Jesus said that God's house is to be a house of prayer. And we are God's house. We are His temple. The New Testament Christian. We are the temple of God. The house of prayer. So I don't feel like prayer all the time. Yeah, that's right. That's our flesh that's giving us these feelings. Oh, I got a list to do. Oh, I got that to do. And all, you know, all our priorities. Have to believe God wants to help us, and He will help us. Not just that He wants to, that but He will help us if we have faith, if we believe on Him. Whatsoever things you ask in prayer believing, 
you shall receive. Notice that word believing in there. So I'm praying and nothing's happening and nothing's happening. Are you believing? Are you believing God is really going to answer your prayer if you pray? That happens. That faith comes through life in the Spirit and dealing with the flesh. No cross, no self-denial. Life in the Spirit is very, very much a burden and a task. It's not enjoyable. It's a matter of believing in the wonderful love and the, and the large promises that God has given to His children, to us. To believe in that. If you don't believe in that, well, where does all that end? Unbelief is something that can grow just like faith can grow, like a mustard seed. And we can end up having a tree of unbelief growing in us. That's reaping corruption. That's sowing to the flesh. All of a sudden you got this, this huge harvest of, un, of your unbelief. Of our unbelief. All the neg- that negative cycle of unbelief. There's a harvest for that too. And when the brethren see it, they can even become more discouraged and more anxious and more depressed. And more questioning God. And, and more un- not understanding God. See it happen. A famous preacher once wrote, The failure to believe that time spent with God will bring power into our lives enables us to use our time wisely and enjoy His abiding presence all day long. Time spent with God will bring power into our lives. It's a failure to believe that. It's a failure to believe in God's help if we spend time with Him. And that we will enjoy the blessings of His presence in our daily life. Think about it. Follow those that through faith and patience inherit the promises. It's time to end being an, a reactionary to, the, to the, our human nature, reacting to the feelings 
and the impulses of our human nature and to live by faith. Not just preach faith, not to just talk about faith. Those things are all good, and they're right, but the just shall live by faith. If we give in in this area and we compromise in this area, it's going to spread to other areas of our spiritual life. It starts at Calvary with the blood of Jesus. But it also says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the thing that God, things that God has prepared for those who love Him. But God reveals it to us through His Spirit. That's why we need to be walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit. So God will reveal these things to us so that we can be encouraged. Nobody else can do that for us. This is the walk with God. This is a walk with the Lord. Personally, life in the Spirit is not something that anybody else can do for us. No preacher can do it for us. No parent, no, nobody else. No evangelist, nobody. This is something that we have to decide on. And finally, Jesus talked in a parable that we should pray always and not give up. And at the end of that parable, he says, when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith on earth? Well, that, what does that mean? We find this kind of faith of praying and not giving up. And in due season, we shall receive, we shall reap the continual sowing of spiritual things in prayer, continuing to sow in faith and reap the harvest of our faith. Will he find that when he returns? Because there's a lot of unbelief going around. What will he find when he returns in our hearts? Will we receive spiritual things? Will we receive the harvest of our faith or the harvest of unbelief? That's what I have to share today.